You are listening to the Center Church Podcast. Center Church is an unapologetic urban church in the heart of Richmond for the heart of Richmond. Our mission is simple, to empower people towards a life-giving journey with Jesus. Enjoy the podcast. Rabbi Patrick comes from the Kahila community, uh, Richmond's independent, progressive Jewish community in our city, and we're grateful for him. Uh, he is native to Atlanta and uh, emerges from the punk world, but that is a ways behind now, and now emerges into uh, life serving in the city of Richmond, and Rabbi Patrick, we are so grateful for you. So would you all welcome Rabbi Can everyone hear me okay? Wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. Also, um, I'm going to tell you something really funny. It's a little bit quirky. Um, Quick question, uh, Drew. I'm sorry. And real quick, we want to send our kids to kids ministry. How about that? Thanks, Casey, so so much. Thank you so much. All right, there they go. That wasn't my question, but that's all right. You're like, what do we do with the kids? What happens? So, 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 Drew, Mm -hmm. are are you part of what we might call the liturgy committee, right? The people who choose the songs at all? Okay. okay. You know you chose a funeral poem, right, to inspire everybody? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about it. Is that your way of saying, like, don't die up here? Is that like a sick kind of... I'm glad you got that. It was implicit, and you just made it explicit. Thanks for that. (laughs) Well, also, you did me a huge favor because you read in English what I'm going to talk about, but I thought just for fun, maybe I would read it to you in Hebrew. Would you be into that? Those people did not go to div school. They just went, yeah, all right. It's a little div school joke for some of you, so um, all right. Do we have our little uh, two-word thing up there? Yeah, yeah, there we go. There's a weird little line there, but that's okay. That's cool. Um, no problem. It's only God's word, whatever. So um, I'm going to read you the last two lines of this. So, v'shamru v'nei Yisrael et ha-shabbat la'asot et ha-shabbat l'doratam brit olam b'nei uvein b'nei Yisrael othile olam ki sheshet yamim asa adonai et ha-shamayim v'et ha-aretz v'yom ha-shvi'i shavat shavat Vayinafash. Shavat Vayinafash. So that's what we're going to talk about. Shavat Vayinafash. And everyone knows what that means. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you so much. Yeah, let's do this. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. So the translation that was used was actually the Jewish Publication Society translation, or if not, it was darn close. It was darn close. So uh, this idea for in six days, God made heaven and earth. And on the seventh day, God ceased from work and was refreshed. God ceased from work, Shavat, and was refreshed, Vayinafash. So can I hear you say Shavat? Shavat. And can I hear you say Vayinafash? Bar mitzvahs will be held in the kids' room. You got this, Shavat Vayinafash. Now, something you should know about me is that I'm kind of one of these groovy interactive types. So if at any point you have a question, feel free to ask. Questions end in question marks. It's a curious thing in the English language. If you have a comment, here's the thing. So we all know the Watermelon Festival is taking place. So my congregation actually has a booth at the Watermelon Festival. If I'm here, then I can't stand out in the heat shaking hands with strangers. So keep me here as long as possible so that I can tell the volunteers, oh, bro, I'm so sorry. I just, 
these darn Christians, they just wanted to know so much about Hebrew and Second Temple period Israel. Such entitled people, my goodness. Sorry I couldn't eat watermelon with you. So, okay, Shavat Vayinafash. So has anyone ever heard the word Sabbath? Okay, yeah. Has anyone ever heard Vayinafash? Okay, not so much. And there's a, well, yeah, like the one person from Kahila back there. Mish, it's wonderful to see you. Good to know I got one person. Um, so, yeah, so Shavat Vayinafash. So Shavat is the word Shabbat. Shavat and Shabbat, it's the same word, and it means Sabbath. But no, but no. Um, Hebrew is kind of like a wooden language. It's all about how you put it together. It's context, right? A brick on its own means nothing, but a brick that builds a building means something, right? It's the same idea. So Shavat is Shabbat. It actually means to stop. It means to cease. That's it. Now, the day of rest is Shabbat. So for me, that starts Friday night and in Saturday night. Stephen, don't text me on Shabbat, bro. Bad move. I was actually at the beach, and the fact that he was texting me while I was at the beach and he's on vacation, that was the bigger issue than texting me on Shabbat. Okay, so anyway, so Shabbat means to stop. So from Friday night to Saturday night, no work. Now, the rabbis kind of questioned what work was, and it's this whole thing about the construction of the temple. It's this long thing. If you want to hear about it, we can hear it over coffee sometime or a cocktail, whatever your pleasure is. Um, but the idea is that it's a ceasing. Okay, Vayinafash, that's actually the trickier one. So um, we'll get to that in a sec. So does anyone here have any kind of practice of stopping, right? Do you have like a day that you take off? And I'm not talking about day off to like watch Netflix and catch up on Instagram, but I mean like a total cessation from the world. Yes. Please tell me about that. Like every four months when you turn off your phone and hide in the woods. You are a better person than we are. <laughs> That's awesome. That's super cool. Has anyone ever taken a sabbatical? Wow, see? Okay, yeah, it's the same word. Sub sabbatical is Shabbat. It's the same, all the same word. Okay, yeah. The fact that not a lot of people had some version of that is very intentional, and our world is designed to prevent you from having that. It's actually a conspiracy against us. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, the next part, though, Vayinafash. So um, has anyone ever studied Hebrew? Any div school-ish people? Yeah, we've got a couple. Uh, well, there you go. There's always one overachiever. I'm just I'm just kidding. I was about to say, yeah, I talked to a couple of people who came up to me or at Union. Yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah, so Vayinafash. So what we do when we're trying to figure out what Hebrew says, um, and I can thank Phyllis Weiser for teaching me this. She's my Hebrew teacher. Um, what you do is you try to find a three-letter combination. It's called a Shoresh. What you want to do is you want to figure out what that three-letter combination is because that's going to illuminate what's actually being said, right? So it's kind of like my building blocks idea, right? These three letters make up a foundation for whatever the word is. So Shabbat, okay, it's those three letters, right? Ignore the little squiggly lines underneath it. That's another thing. But, uh, but that's the three-letter word. So I know, like, if there's a bunch of stuff before that or a bunch of stuff after that, it's about ceasing. Like, I just know that from those three letters. Uh, Vayinafash, what we want to do is we want to look at the last three letters. Those last three letters are nefesh. Nefesh. Okay? Nefesh is either throat or breath. Okay? Nefesh. 
So there's an interesting way of thinking about this. Vayinafash, God ceased and caught his breath. Yeah, that's one possibility. So where might that come from? So the creation story, Adam, which actually doesn't mean like a dude named Adam. That's, that's actually wrong. Adam actually is Adam and it means earthling. So if you're into like science fiction, you can just write that in the margins of your Bible. It actually means earthling. So this earthling is being formed. It's almost like pottery, like if anyone's ever thrown clay. That's that experience. Any metaphors about like the potter's wheel, all of that, it's all connected. So we have Adam coming up from the earth. And what happens is God breathes life, breath. Okay, nefesh. So then Adam becomes a nefesh chaya, becomes a living breath, a living being, a living other thing. Okay, here's what's cool. So nefesh, we could say God caught God's own breath, but that's actually not quite right. There's another word for nefesh, another English translation, and it's soul. It's soul. So God ceased because making the universe is hard and caught up to God's own soul, caught up to God's own soul. So uh, we're a culture that's very good at sitting and stopping. So a lot of us probably have some kind of job where we sit, right? So we sit at a computer, then we sit in the conference room, then we sit in the classroom, and then we sit at home. Only about 20% of Americans do physical labor work, and that's down from about 50% in the 1960s. So our sense of what it means to work, our sense of what it means to be going, is not quite as hardcore as creating the universe, right? It's barely as hardcore as hitting a hammer, okay? It's, you know, systems analyst, right? I don't know what that is, but apparently it makes a lot of money on LinkedIn. So... <laughs> They analyze systems. Anyone ever watch King of the Hill, by the way? The King of the Hill. Do you know Khan was a systems analyst? I love that. I love that. Okay, anyway, so we're, we're kind of used to these sedentary jobs, these like sit jobs, but like don't we get tired after that? Don't we get exhausted? It doesn't make sense. If aliens came from another planet and they saw this, if they saw us all sitting around, they'd go, this is a very peaceful society that has it all together, right? There must be no mental illness at all because all they seem to do is just sit around and relax, right? Like they're on their phones. I don't know how aliens know about phones, but they do. Uh, and, and they seem to do this thing called Hulu, yeah? And they're doing a lot of that. And, and they have these amazing thumbs that can swipe this direction, right? And then that's how you choose a romantic partner, right? So, so... So that's the thing, right? We have this very sedentary, very chill lifestyle, but wouldn't you then think that during COVID, our mental health would have gone up, right? It would have improved. If just stopping, if just Shabbat was all we needed to do, we would get our fill. We would get Vayinafash, but we didn't. There was actually a very interesting um, article that I read about how there was a dearth of creative activity that took place during those first times in COVID. Everyone thought, well, the artists are just going to sit at home and paint and draw, and then there's going to be cool stuff all online, and I'm going to be able to buy art, and there's going to be books and all this stuff. None of that happened. We actually had a creative decline, and we're technically still in it. People talk about a recession. We have a creative recession taking place right now. It's part of why there's so many reboots. It's part of why there's so many continuations of old TV shows, because we're actually in a creative slump. Because during all that time when we had Shabbat, we never had this other thing, Vayinafash. We never had this sense of our soul 
being refreshed. Does anyone relate to that? Am I totally off base? Show of hands. All right, cool. Yeah, some people are into this. All right, here we go. Great. So here's the other thing to think about. There's a really great book uh, by an uh, author named Johan Hari, and I'm kind of like a Johan Hari fanboy, but this book is called Stolen Focus. And so does anyone kind of notice recently that like it's kind of hard to pay attention to stuff, right? There's just this weird instinct to just kind of grab your phone. You're in the grocery store and, you know, there's someone checking out and they're taking forever and you're just like, I, I got to get, got to get, figure out what's going on. I got to do this, got to do that, right? That kind of feeling. Or you're having a conversation with a friend and just suddenly you start thinking about cats, like, it just suddenly just, like, it's like, they're like, oh, God, and you don't know. Like, Grandma, when she was dying, oh, that's the cutest cat of all time, right? Like that, like, and then, and then you have this kind of thing where you're sitting in, let's use this restaurant example. You're sitting in the restaurant, right, and you have this burrito, and you think to yourself, if I don't post a picture of that burrito, something bad is going to happen. People won't know I'm having fun eating a burrito and I've got to tag Maria because if I don't tag Maria, she'll think I don't like her anymore, right? It's that nonsense that fills our brains all the time, all the time. Shabbat, we can chill out at the coffee shop, Vayinafash, we're also doing 10 other things in our head. We cannot stay still and focused. And that's very deliberate. Right now, there's someone making a quarter of a million dollars. Is there anyone, like with kids, anyone, raise your hand if you're a parent. I'm a parent, so solidarity. Okay, yeah. Right now, at this very moment, there is someone somewhere in this vast world that God has made that is making a quarter of a million dollars a year trying to figure out how to keep your kid hooked on their phone. Yeah. Because we live in an attention economy. We live in an economy where you may not have much in the way of finance, but if you've got time and you're willing to do this or you're willing to do this, that's worth a lot to somebody. And here's the thing. We've lost. Like, we've lost that. They've won. This attention economy conspiracy against us, they've won because there's just so much money. We are worth so much to so many people, and, it, and it's done. It's over. We've lost that war. So we have to try and figure out what we're going to do because there's plenty of Shabbat, but all of those gizmos and gadgets and all of those things that supposedly bring us creative joy, they kill Vayinafash. They actually eliminate our ability for our soul to be refreshed because we're never present. We're never with the people we love because we're too busy thinking about what we have to do somewhere else with someone else. So the Vayinafash thing, that's, that's what's missing. In this equation... Shabbat Vayinafash, because it's, it's a combo, right? You have to cease, you have to stop, but Vayinafash, you have to have this extra element to it. Everyone with me so far? Okay, cool, got it, excellent. So Vayinafash, so what do we do with this? So I have a couple of theories. Um, the first is that we have to all agree that humanity is essential. We have to agree that human beings are a net positive. Now, I get it. We destroy the planet. We're doing all kinds of awful stuff. We can also stop doing that, right? You know, it, it, we can just stop, right? Like when, you're, when your you know, son is like, you know, hitting another kid, you don't say, let's not have children, right? You say, like, stop hitting the little kid, right? We don't have to go to that drastic measure. You have to agree for this Vayinafash thing to work that that which has a soul, humanity, is worth it. Right? And it can be, as both of our traditions say, B'Tselem Elohim, made in the image of God. So we can go there. If you're not there yet, if that's the God stuff is not your thing, 
um, we could just say we hold these truths to be self-evident, that it is simply self-evident that human beings are worth it, right? Even at our worst, we're sort of worth it. So that's kind of step one. Step two is we have to agree that we are worth more than what we produce. We are worth more than what we produce just because you are the lead systems analyst and you just got promoted from systems analyst number two to systems analyst number one. And that means you get to have extra coffee breaks and cake in the break room, right? Even though that world is fine, I suppose, we have to understand that we're worth more than that. We're worth more than what we make. That's actually a concept within Shabbat. I, I say this to my congregants all the time. When we light our Shabbat candles, that is when we go into the bubble, what we call the island of time of Shabbat, okay? What I tell them is, in this moment, in this Shabbat, in this Shabbat moment, you are most authentically you because all of the things that make you, you in the world have been stripped away, right? It is not about who you work for, it's not about some identity that you hold. It's not about what the external world wants from you. It's not what you produce. It is not what cog you are in some kind of machine. It is just you at your most present right now, okay? We need moments like that. And I think a church like this does that well, right? This is a good way of saying, whoever you are, when you are here, you are you, and it is that simple. And communities like this, if we can help our friends and our family find other communities like this, regardless of religious identity, um, and maybe not even religious identities, maybe it's nonprofits. I'll tell you, we run um, what you might call a ministry, uh, we call it a, a program called Kehila Cares, and we just give people money. It's the coolest thing. Like, if you don't have groceries, we just give you money, and you can go buy whatever you want. We have a mental health fund. We've actually helped people to have uh, the necessary care to have gender-affirming surgeries, right? We've actually had people who had PTSD who didn't know that they did, and so we just made sure that they got the money that they needed to go see a therapist we work with, right? So maybe your friends and family, they're not into the God, woo-woo, worship, please rise stuff, but maybe they'd be into something like that, and maybe that's a community they can participate in where they can learn that they're worth more than clicks. They're worth more than clicks. Next thing, you have to agree in order for this thing to work, that Vayina Fosh is a human right, that you have a human right to refresh your soul. Your boss does not get to text you at midnight to ask why the systems haven't been analyzed, right? It's wrong. And actually, some countries are starting to propose legislation called like disconnection laws that basically say if your employer does that to you, they get fined, right? Now, maybe I'm not a, like a public policy person. That's what my wife does. Um, she's the smart one in the household, but um, maybe there's things like this. Maybe this just needs to be part of the social contract, right? That I have a human right. I have a human right to say, whatever I produce six days a week, whatever thing I do at the co-working space, like whatever it is that gets me my little avatar on whatever website, that's beautiful because that is wonderful creative activity. But one day a week, it's not about that. It is about something else. We tell my, our son, who's 17, Shabbat is about faith, family, and friends. If you're involved in one of those things, faith, family, friends, maybe it's a combo of those things, maybe it's just one of those things, you're doing Shabbat right, okay? And that's what gets me to the final point. I think that everyone needs to have this concept of Shabbat because the only way people are going to get to Vayinafash, the only way they're going to be able to get to a soul being refreshed is if they have the ability to stop if they have the ability to say not now. 
And this goes for clergy, too. Uh, an Orthodox rabbi and I were having uh, lunch one day, and I said, what's Shabbat for you? And he said, what do you mean? You know what Shabbat is. I said, no, but what's Shabbat for you? And he said, well, Friday night to Saturday night, like it's been for 3,000 years. Why are you... And I said, no, 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 what's the day when your soul gets refreshed? And he said, oh, Sunday, because that's when I drop off the dry cleaning. I went, you are observing Shabbat as an Orthodox Jew, and you don't have a Shabbat. Interesting. Interesting. So all of us need this. All of us need some concept of a Shabbat. For me, it's easy because it's caked into my religion, right? I don't have to think about what Shabbat's going to be for me because it comes either way. So in my household, we light candles, we have a blessing we say for it, we have a wine blessing that we say. By the way, that's where the Eucharist comes from, fun fact. Um, we eat challah, which if I bake it, I think it's pretty good. If my wife, wife bakes it, it's even better, right? We have songs that we sing, we have a dinner that we eat, and then we play Monopoly, because my son loves Monopoly. And it, as is the custom for thousands of years of the Jewish people, he will beat me every single time. I'm an okay rabbi. I am a terrible monopolist. This should surprise no one, right? But we all need some concept of Sabbath. We need some kind of break because our souls deserve to be filled. Our souls deserve to be refreshed, okay? Because you are worth more than your cliques. You are essential you are a human being, and you are loved by the God that we both share. Okay. Questions? Yes, please. Sam, what you got? So if it's so intrinsically healthy and regenerative, why do we need a physical Sabbath? Why do we love and worship on Sunday? I think it's inertia, right? So you throw a ball and it keeps going. I think it's a very similar thing. I think human beings survive on inertia. Um, I think the other thing, too, is this idea called family systems theory. So it's the idea that everything is pretty much ideally in the system at homeostasis, at neutrality, right? Like you're driving your car and you put it in neutral and it just kind of idles. Same idea. I think there is something about the way the universe is oriented and the way that we are oriented as part of the universe that we just keep going. Um, it may be an evolutionary trick. Maybe if we stood still, we might get attacked. Um, something like that, but that's what I think. I think for some reason we like being in that idle mode and that it's just part of the human experience. Yeah. Who else? Otherwise, Sam beats you. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Sure. Um, so I'm just going to borrow from Judaism because it's a thing I happen to know something about, right? So it's the fact that we don't have a choice, right? It's just designed that way. There are plenty of times where I would love Shabbat to not be Friday night. There are plenty of times. There's all kinds of fun stuff to do on a Friday night. I'm also middle-aged, so fun things aren't as fun as they used to be. Um, everyone else keeps getting younger, and I keep getting older, and everything keeps getting louder and more expensive. Um, so... so um, so that, that maybe helps on some level, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a practice first of all, right? So anyone do like yoga or anything like that? Yeah. So it's not a yoga perfection. It's a yoga practice. It's a spiritual practice because human beings aren't perfect. Similar idea, but it helps to have some kind of rigid rule that it is this day, whether you like it or not. 
Um, and what I've found over the years is that I've liked it more. Um, having that rule that says this is what we're doing um, and having it be incredibly intentional. And I think from there, the rest of it kind of works itself out. Um, I think one of the other difficulties of that is socially enforcing it. So having a partner, having a child, having someone whose job it is to keep you in check, to make sure that Shabbat Sabbath is in fact what it is. Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe center church can call and guilt people who don't show up to church. That's, I'm, I'm <laughs> kidding, K kidding, kidding. Um, but yeah, but that, having that social enforcement, I think is, is helpful, having that partnership. You know, um, going back to the creation story, when um, Eve is formed, uh, she's called Ezer Konegdo, which means a sustainer by the side, um, which is where the side whole thing comes from. Um, and Ezer Konegdo is a sustainer in the, in the military sense, right? It's a co-commander. So having that co-commander in your life who can do that with you, I think is very helpful too. All right, wow, good stuff. Are we over time? Are we good? What are we doing here? We're, we're good? Okay, one last question maybe? Yes, please. Yes. Oh, I've, oh gosh. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's because of the lack of social contract in those things, right? The idea that you will know that someone will be there for Shabbat or that Friday the business is going to close and that even if, boom, something comes up on Twitter and gosh, that's important, it's actually not because the candles have been lit. And guess what, in, the universe is not gonna go away if you go away from it for 26 hours. Like the wheels of the universe will keep moving. Um, and maybe that's part of it is a belief that God isn't God. Maybe it's a neuroticism that we have of like, if I'm not moving, the universe doesn't. Um, that's a possibility. Um, but it definitely has affected the Jewish world. But it's, it's circling back around. One of the things, um, that's a great question. One of the things I'll end on then, since we're at time is, um, it is amazing to me how many articles I read that say um, millennials and Gen Z don't like religion anymore um, and that boomers and Gen X are also dropping out. And, and how, <laughs> how funny is it to look around and to see that that's not true at all? It's a, it's a bit of a lie. Um, all of us in the world of faith, no matter what faith that is, are reclaiming it. Um, and so maybe that's part of what my world needs to do. We need to reclaim it a little bit. Um, and I, I am seeing that. There is a, a pushback. There is sort of a community of people across many religions, across many faiths, that is saying, no, 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 Shavat Vayinafash, that that's what's important. So, all right. So God bless all of you. May God bless you and protect you. May God's face shine upon you and elevate you. And may God's face turn towards you and bring you peace. Shalom, everyone. Thank you very much. Patrick, thank you so much for, um, for bringing your prophetic word and for your passion for rest and not just for